us get out of that guilt and that shame and that I'm so horrible, I failed, I failed, I failed, and say, no, I learned, I learned, I grew, I became, I evolved. You know, there's so much more to it than just, I failed. Welcome to the Horsewoman Project, a podcast where we talk about all things horsewoman, from relationships to truck issues, taking care of your nutrition and fitness, and of course, horses. Hello, Camry. Hey. Do I say that every time we get on? <laughs> In that voice too? Hello. Hello. <laughs> we need to start like adding bass. I know. No, I'm just Let's kidding. hear it. Go low, Camry. <laughs> That's all I got. It's <laughs> all I got. Although, what's his name? Jeff Castellucci or something like that? I don't know. Have you seen him on Instagram? I don't. It's probably don't my know. nerdy choir self that like the algorithms send me all these acapella things, but he's part of this group. Um, oh, I can't think of the name of them. But anyway, it's a group of, I think, four or five guys that do acapella stuff. And it's really neat. But he's the bass in that. Oh, my goodness. His voice. I could just like. Oh. It's Listen so to low. <laughs> and like. Oh. <laughs> I like that low bass. It's nice. I do too. It is very nice. But yeah, I don't know him. I'm going to have to look him up now. We'll link to him. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because he's cool. I like him a lot. So how has your week been, Michaela? Give us a little update. It's been good. Um, Just busy doing all the normal things, talking to clients. Um, I've opened up a few new spots for coaching as well so anyone if you are interested the link to apply is down below or you're welcome to message me on any of my social media um if you want to learn more about what that looks like i do have a few spots available till mid next month and well until they're full but awesome hopefully they'll fill quickly um but yeah so i've been busy just talking to people about that and meeting some new people through that so it's been fun and then uh sandy and i have our second 25 mile ride this weekend so i'm excited to see how we do awesome love that you and sandy are so fun together (laughs) oh thanks it's been work to get us to be fun (laughs) like it's crazy though really to think about like how long it's taken for this to actually be like fun for both of us where she's happy i'm happy and it's just it's been a journey but it's been a really it's been fun and i've really enjoyed this journey so i'm i'm really hoping we do well and she's doing good cuz fingers crossed i'm really hoping i can do a 50 on her next year if she if she does well the next couple of rides i'm really hoping we could do a 50 next year cuz that would be amazing oh yeah you guys will get there we will so how was your week pretty good i just sent home julep my client's horse and she's a fun sorrel mare that's two and she uh was at that perfect spot where I just don't even want to send him home (laughs) she was just working so nice and just like butter in my hands you know she knew what I was asking and when and how to do it and her side passing was just fluid and lifted and everything was so nice and she was tucking her butt in her stops and 
just doing everything, everything I asked. And it's, it's always hard to send them home when they're doing so well, but it's that time, you know, and then they need to go home and practice it at home and with their owner and go in that part of the journey. So, but yeah, there are certain ones that are harder to say goodbye to. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I remember you. those few. <laughs> I know. Where you would be, I'm like, like, did they send us videos yet? <laughs> I know. Send me updates. <laughs> you do get connected so, for sure. Yeah. And now it's fun because I get to get her three-year-old sister, which I started last year, Bacardi. So she just came back. So I'm oh, excited good. to, yeah, excited to take her a little bit further now that she's a little older and can handle just a little bit more. So be fun. That'll be fun. It is fun when you get them to that point. And it's, it's fun to hear you be able to get the horses to that point. Cause I know it was frustrating for a little bit when it's like, ah, oh, like, I get them to the same point and then they have to go home. So I'm so glad that you've changed things up so you can actually like start the finishing process because it's, that's, that's the fun process I feel like is the finishing work. <laughs> oh yeah. And I mean, we did a hundred sessions was the day she went home on. So not a hundred days total. Like, so I'm not including weekends, 100 sessions. Um, And I tell you what, that is a huge difference from just, 60 days total because 60 days is about what 40 40 something sessions um, and there's just such a massive difference in how much you can do with them when you take them to that like 190 to 100 sessions um, you just get so much more consistency and responsiveness and it's just so fun to get to that point so yeah I am so glad I get to do that more often now instead of just that first 60 days so yeah no that's definitely the fun part <laughs> oh yeah so speaking of fun you want to get into our topic yes <laughs> let's go I don't know how to introduce so, it though. <laughs> well, I was out, let me take the lead on this All one. Right. <laughs> so, um, at our first Connected Horsewoman's retreat this year, uh, Michaela's presentation talked a lot about connecting with yourself um, and how important it is that we take the time to connect with ourselves, connect with our bodies, connect with our minds, um, and really make ourselves a priority so that we can help our horses better. Um, and I just really loved everything that you said about it. So we kind of wanted to jump into that and give a little bit of kind of the spiel that you gave there at the retreat and do a little bit of that here on the podcast. So. Yeah, I'm excited for this topic. Um, it's one of my favorite things to talk about um, with my work, with what I do, because I love it when I can bring a horse and human pair together and help them excel both rider and horse, right? Like, and I feel like so much of the work is so based on just the horse that we miss the rider aspect. And then we'll get frustrated with the horse because the horse isn't performing correctly. But when you really look at it, bird's eye view, there's a lot of aspects of it that's our fault, right? Or our weaknesses coming out and what the horse is able to do. So I just, this is definitely my biggest passion really is to work with people like this and to help them build that connection. Um, so 
without like completely repe repeating my entire presentation, um, I think one of the biggest points that I would just love to get across is if you are not connected with yourself, meaning like you are not able to look inward at yourself and ask yourself some challenging questions and really look at yourself from an overall view of, okay, am I strong enough to even be asking my horse this? Do I have enough endurance to keep up with my horse for what I'm asking them? Do Am I in the right mental space to be able to be asking whatever it is I, I am of my horse? And if you are not to a point where you can ask yourself those questions, you need to take a step back and do that because there is no way that you can connect with your horse when you can't connect with yourself in that way, when you can't be intentional about what you are doing for yourself. Um, there's, oh gosh, there's been such a big journey for me in trying to figure this out and we can kind of get into that as we go. Um, but I have just noticed a lot, um, like even just from a physical standpoint, like my level of fitness greatly affects Sandy. And especially like the longer we're going in this endurance stuff, the more it affects her. Like if I cannot carry myself and have the endurance to post along with her and hold myself and have the strength to do the miles I'm asking of her, she comes up sore. She comes up lame. Like she gets a little irritated, which I can't blame her, right? Like I have no business asking that of her if I can't keep up myself. Right. And I, I think that goes with any discipline, not just endurance. If you can't keep up with your horse when they are doing a sliding stop or they're doing their spins or the, you're doing a trail course and you can't you can't keep up or physically stay in the correct seat position to be able to ask your horse to do that. It's just you need to take a step back and you need to be able to focus on that yourself first. So it always starts within and then you can go out. And I always say, like, lead by example. If you want your horse to connect with you, horses are not going to connect with a being that is all over the place, right? You've got to be able to connect with yourself and be able to ground yourself and be able to be in a physical, mental, and emotional state for that horse to want to be with you in the first place. So it, it all starts with us. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> we're done okay bye guys <laughs> sign off <laughs> so I guess my question would be have you kind of always looked inward or was there like a certain turning point for you where you started looking more towards yourself because I know you did have some instructors earlier on that were very like energy focused and were where I feel like I had a lot of instructors that were very externally focused um, on performance and things. So I guess kind of tell me where you feel like that came into play for you, where you started looking more inward. Yeah, of course. It definitely started in high school. So I worked um, for a gal who bred horses and I helped do all the groundwork for her colts. So we would work, you know, 20, 30 colts. Um, and then I would do a lot of the gentling process because they had never been touched until they were like one and a half. <laughs> and I would do a lot of that initial work with them. And one time we were having this, uh, I was just going through the motions because what, what we would do is we would pull in about 10 at a time and we'd put them in stalls and then I'd go through and do kind of like, let me, let me pet you, let me desensitize you in the stall with them. And then they would go out and she would do more of the advanced work like in the round pen with them and I was just going through the motions I'd gone through like three horses or something and I remember she came in 
and she just was watching me and oh my gosh this this gal so her name is katie breckenridge guys her horses are amazing so the b barbie ranch in peekaboo um but she like seriously she was able to just really helped me a lot and the way that she taught and the way that she communicated with me was so amazing but she came in and she just stood outside the stall of um, where I was working and was just watching me with this horse and just didn't say anything just was watching me and then I came out of the stall and was like and I had said something I can't remember specifically what I was working on I think I was doing some flag work or something and I was like ah like I just they're having an issue with this or or something like that and she was like yeah, they are. Um, and she's like, can you tell me why? And I was like, I, no, like, I don't know. Like maybe they're having a bad day. I don't know. You know? <laughs> and she was like, okay. She's like, I want you to go back in there and show me, like, talk to me, like what you're doing, why you're doing it. So I went back in there and, you know, I was like, well, see that like I do this and they, and they do that. And she's like, okay. And then she was able to point out like the little bits and things that I was doing that was creating this issue in this horse. And the more like, and so she talked me through that and I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's amazing. And then we came out and she was like, she's like, well, I came in because every horse that came out to me was doing the same thing. You know, they were acting the same way. And so she's like, so I came in to see what was going on in here. And I was just noticing that. And she's like, if you notice your horse, like, especially if you're working multiple horses are responding in the same way, you need to look at yourself. It's not a horse problem. It's a you problem. And that has always stuck with me. It's like, and I use that in so many aspects. It's like, okay, if multiple people are saying the same things, if multiple animals are reacting the same way, the common denominator is me, right? So what do I need to do? What actions do I need to take to change what's going on in this situation? And it's actually been very helpful for, for me to just really think about that. Like, okay, what am I doing? And so I'll catch myself with Sandy because it's like now I'm not working 20 horses a day, right? So it's it's a little bit harder for me to see like, oh, all the horses are reacting this way. Okay, it's obviously me. Now I have to really take that with her. And so what I've done with that or what I'm, you know, really practicing to do is like, okay, I'm always going to ask myself first and see what am I doing wrong first before I try to correct something in her. It's, I'm, I'm never going to assume that she's giving me a behavior because it's a her problem until I've looked at myself. So then if I check myself and I go, okay, no, I'm okay. My seat's fine. Physically, I'm okay. Emotionally, I'm okay. Stress levels are pretty good. Um, I'm asking in a way that I feel like is correct. Then it's like, okay, now how can I make it so she can understand better? right? What do I need to change about my training style or, or how I'm asking to help her first? Um, yeah, so that's, I think that's the, well, I know that's where it first started was working with her and just having her mentor me. And, and she just, yeah, she was amazing. Like I said, she was an amazing coach. I was very, very lucky to start with her and start my journey with her because it was, it was quite incredible. Yeah. It's having a mentor like that is amazing. It reminds me actually of uh, Mark Rashid's books and the old man that he had that mentored him when he was young. And I'm like, we just all need that old man. Like, <laughs> We all need our own little person like that. That's going to help us be aware of our energy and ask those hard questions, those whys and, and not just plow through and, and ignore the, the whys and the, 
underlying things that we need to deal with. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think having someone, like I said, like her, where she just stopped and watched and she let me figure things out too. Like she was just an amazing, the way that she coached me was perfect for me. (laughs) Right. And there is power in allowing yourself to make mistakes, but then coming back and looking at it and going, okay, how can I do better in this situation? Cause guys, like I make mistakes with Sandy all the time. There are so many times, like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Or I lost my temper or, um, or I rode farther than I was physically able to. So she came up sore, you know, I make mistakes all the time, but the difference is, is I, I try to stop and I look at that and go, okay, what do I need to do better next time? You know, and we talked um, about pre-checklists or pre-ride checklists a couple of episodes ago, which we can link to. But for me, that's, that's what kind of made that come about was I needed to be able to check myself a little bit better and have a better routine to check myself because I was noticing when my stress was super high, I was not nearly patient enough with her. So she would do one little thing and I would just you know, like blow up, like just, ah, you can't do that. Like, that's not okay. And it's like, okay, but really, like if I was in a better mood, like, and my stress was more manageable, it wouldn't have been a big deal. Like her, her little attitude, whatever it was, would not have been a big deal. It would have been like, a, oh, nope, you don't get to do that. Okay. Now we're moving on. But when my stress levels are higher, I have a hard time moving on from things. And so that's one of my like pre-ride checklists for myself is, is my stress manageable? Because if my stress isn't manageable, I, I, have no right to get on her and expect her to do anything for me. Like I need to take that time and do groundwork with her or just go connect with her on the like and do nothing. Like maybe I'll do grooming and allow myself to actually have that stress relief before I hop on her and, and put her in that situation with myself. Yeah. And it's, it really is getting those three main pillars on the same page. So that mental, emotional, and physical part of yourself needs to be in coherence you know you need to be on the outside the way you are on the inside and you need to be in your brain the same way you are in your heart you know you don't need to have that um those battling you know your head is in one place and your heart's in another place or you're trying to hide something or push it down you know you need to be able to deal with those let them go so that you can move forward so yeah exactly and I mean and I talk a lot about the physical. Um, and that was, that was a piece that I talked about in, in the, um, presentation because there is a lot physically that goes into it, like both from a nutrition and a fitness standpoint that you need to make sure are in alignment to help your horse be in more alignment as well. And, um, something to think about is, is like, okay, if you have, I don't know, a bunch of cookies or a bunch of something that gets you bloated, right? And you're feeling kind of bloated and you're feeling kind of gassy. And then you go get on a horse that's rocking you around. Like, are you really going to be in a position to perform to your best abilities when you have fueled yourself in a way that creates these reactions in your body, right? Or I have a lot, or I have um, a couple of clients right now where it's like, we're not fueling enough before your riding sessions. So they have a hard time making sure to have the balanced meals before for breakfast, before they go out and ride their horses. And they have noticed like when they don't take that time to balance out their meals and to really fuel themselves for, for success, they lose their tempers quite a bit quicker with some of the horses that they're taking. They don't have the energy to do all of the work that they need to do with each horses that each horse that they're going into the pen with. Right. 
So there's a lot from like a nutrition standpoint too, which I feel like is overlooked, right? Like, cause it's kind of easy to see how the physical part of it, you know, and like being strong and having endurance, it's really easy to see, see the ties there. But from a nutrition standpoint too, like if you're not fueling yourself well to where you can mentally perform and you can physically perform and you can feel good at the same time, that that's all things that are going to make it a lot harder for you to continue in whatever it is you're doing with your horse. Yeah, for sure. First word that came to my mind when you're talking about uh, fueling your body is I'm like, man, it's like me. I get hangry. I cannot not have breakfast. Like, <laughs> I promise you my horses are going to hate me if I don't eat my breakfast. So <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> like, I get angry. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> well, and I get, I don't know about you, but I get like a foggy brain too. Like, my brain just slows down. So it's like when I was prepping for my photo shoot, oh, man. Like, trying to work and train horses during that prep, whew, it it just took a lot more mental work out of me to be able to do that on such low calories because my cognitive abilities were just way down and my reaction times as well like when you are not fueled your reaction times go down your body's not going to be able to react to situations as quickly as you need to when you're working with a horse so it's it's extremely important if you really want a connection with your horse you really want your horse to excel you really need like the foundation starts with you does not start with your horse it starts with you yeah Well, and I even remember a time when my nutrition was off enough that I was starting to get Charlie horses really bad in my legs when I would ride more than two horses in a row. And it was just like, I literally couldn't, like, I would have to take my foot out of the stirrup. I'm like, I hope I'm not on a horse that's going to do something stupid when I have to, like, bring my leg all the way out to the side because I would just cramp on the back of my thighs. And But it hasn't happened in over a year. So... Good issues with it. So yeah, I'm like that nutrition, it matters. (laughs) Yeah, definitely having balanced, balanced nutrition is very important. Um, And I really think it kind of starts there. Like if you can get your nutrition under control, then it's going to be a lot easier to work on your emotions. It's going to be a lot easier to work on your mindset. It's going to be a lot easier to get you on, get on your fitness. Right. I feel like just nutrition probably does need to be your foundation in any health aspect that you're trying to do. Yeah, yours and your horse's nutrition. <laughs> so, because their muscles and their brain and their hormones and their everything aren't going to function the way they need to if they're not on the correct nutrition plan as well. So, yep. <laughs> so, other than nutrition, like what is another aspect of kind of this looking inward, focusing on the self? Um, well, I mean, like we talked about being able to be intentional about what you're going out to do. And I like the word intentional versus mindful, because I feel like mindful has become this craze word that it just doesn't mean much anymore <laughs> to me, at least. And like to most of to most of the people I work with, it's like mindful when they say mindfulness or I'm being mindful about something. It's like they're not really right. So I like the word intentional quite a bit more. You're being intentional. So when you're, when you're coming at your work with your horse, it's like, okay, what, what is my goal for my horse? And how do, what do I need to do to support my horse and this goal? And so it's like, if you have any kind of performance goal, or you want to take your horse on a really long trail ride, that's all going to mean you've got to take a second and go, okay, what specifically am I missing? That's going to make this harder on my horse and myself 
when I go in to do this. Um, so just really practicing asking yourself questions. What can I do better? What needs to happen here? Um, where am I? Like having those mental checks and being intentional about those is really important. Um, and same like with your nutrition. Like how is this going to make me feel an hour after I eat it? Like if I eat it and then in an hour I know I'm going to be gassy and bloated, that doesn't really serve serve me, right? You know, um, is this nutrition, like what I'm choosing to eat right now, is it going to take me further or closer away to my goals? Um, and then we have like the physical aspect, right? Like your fitness levels. So it's asking yourself, okay, am I physically like in, in enough physical shape to be able to do what I want for my horse? And is it fair for me to ask my horse to do that if I can't do this? Right. Like one example I have is when I started working with you, um, I had just recovered from shoulder surgery. So my shoulder was quite weak and it was pretty apparent to me that like some horses, if we had to pull that horse around really quick, like if they took off or started bucking or something, my shoulder would not be able to withstand the pressure that I needed to pull some of those horses around with. Right. So that became a big focus of mine outside of of my horses was really focusing on rehabbing my shoulders and strengthening my shoulders and, and going through the movements of what my shoulders would need to do on a regular basis, working with Colts. Right. And that's something that we had, like when you were working with me with your program is okay, you're working with Colts. Let's strengthen this part of your shoulders. Cause I know you're going to need to use that. It's going to be an important piece. And we want to make sure that your shoulders and your joints and everything are in a good place. And then it's like with my endurance. Oh my goodness. Like if I do not have enough endurance to, keep up and post for hours on end, I have no business asking my horse to trot for hours. Like that's just not okay. So for me, it's really taking that step back and going, okay, what do I need to do to keep my endurance to this level? And what does that look like? And how, how can I be intentional about that? And then on the days when I'm like, I don't want to do this, like this sucks. I don't want to go to the gym tonight. It's like, well, is that going to get me further or closer to my goal? If I don't do this, it's going to get me a lot further and it's going to get Sandy a lot further because she's going to be sore. She's going to come up lame. She's not going to be able to carry me as well and as efficiently if I am not supporting her like for myself. And does that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. So with this word intentional, um, it's kind of reminding me of a little bit of, I guess, the parenting alongside horsemanship aspect that made me really really have to dig into being intentional um, because I feel like before I had kids it was much easier for me to have the patience that I needed because when I set to work with a horse I had however much time I needed to get that horse worked with and get that session finished um, and have that part of my day flow the way that I designed it to and that was one of the hardest times for me was when I had so I had my kids almost 19 months apart um so they were both I had two kids under two um and then entrepreneur trying to run my own business so I was like okay I can ride now so I'm taking outside horses again and and it was very very challenging because I have I had never needed to be quite that to that level of being intentional um, and 
so I guess an example would be, you know, working with a horse and then all of a sudden my kid wakes up from their nap 30 minutes before I thought they would, or my kid pooped their pants and when I was trying to toilet train them, or yeah, I mean, all sorts of things where interruptions, 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 and the interruptions actually got me into these habits of me being extremely frustrated in several of my sessions with personal horses, client horses, and I really had to take that step back and look, like you said, look at me and realize that, okay, all of my horses are frustrated because I'm frustrated, because I'm not being present enough to to be able to shift from the horse into when my kids needed me. Um, because a big thing for me was I always wanted to end the session in a good place. Right. And so it was like when my kids interrupted me when I was in the middle of something with a horse and they didn't get to that point yet, I had to choose. Do I choose work five more minutes with this horse or 10 more minutes with this horse to get them to this point? Or is my kids the more important thing in that moment where they need me exactly at that time? You know, do I let them sit and cry in their crib for 10 minutes? until I can get in there, you know, and, and so it was just kind of this back and forth of like, well, what's more important? And, uh, and, and I finally got to this point and it took me a long time, you guys, to try and find this balance of being able to realize it's not a big deal. If every once in a while we have to take a pause at the wrong moment, like, yeah, it's not ideal. And yeah, if you were to do that every time in that exact exercise, and, and pause when the horse was struggling, then yeah, you might have an issue. Um, but for it to be every once in a while, or, you know, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. And that's what I finally had to come to realize was like, okay, if my kids come out and they need me, I just need to like tie the horse up. They can stand tied and do that for a little bit while I go help my kids. Like, and it was hard to learn because it was so different from the years and years previous where it was just when I got to work with a horse, I got to work with the horse. And then when I was done working with the horse, I was done working with the horse. Um, so that just took so, so much learning to be intentional and present. And honestly, my frustration levels, I think, were more damaging than ending the session at the wrong time. Right. Um, because then the horse was just not receptive to anything that I was asking because they were trying to like defend themselves from my weird energy. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's can be hard to do and it can take time. Um, mm -hmm. and then there's just different phases of it too, of, you know, when your kids are different ages, you know, when mine were in diapers, it was different when they're the age they are now it's different. And so lots of shifts and constantly having to relearn <laughs> different aspects of being intentional with your time and with your energy and your nutrition and everything. So. Oh yeah. With yourself. That's one thing that I am trying to get a lot of people to understand is it's like your body is going to change. Your body is going to fluctuate and that's okay. It's supposed to do that. Right. And I get a lot of people who want to, you know, lose weight and then stay at exactly this weight for the rest of their lives, but that's never going to happen. You know, it's just, it's never going to stay exactly the same, 
But depending on the intent that you have behind it, the things that you do, like the foundations that you build, that weight's going to look very, very different, right? Like, so me right now, I am 10 times leaner than I was last time I was this weight, right? And that's because even though the scale's gone up for me, I have been very intentional about what I'm doing physically, what I'm doing nutritionally, what am I doing mentally, and still showing up for myself. So I'm still like, I'm in a stronger body. I'm in a, in a more athletic body. I have less body fat percentage than I did last time I weighed the same amount. And that's amazing. Like, it's amazing that my body's been able to grow that much and to change that much. I never thought I would ever be at this weight and look and feel the way that I do. Right. Like I always thought I had to be like, Oh, if I'm, if I'm down here, if I only weigh this much, then I will feel good. But you know what? I actually felt like like really, really bad <laughs> when I was at that weight. I was so depleted. I had no energy. I had to work extremely, extremely hard and be so like rigid with everything that I was doing to stay down there. That up here, it's like, you know, I've got a little bit more flexibility. I am able to make that space to mentally work on what I need to mentally work on right now and in this phase of my life. Um, so like intentional intention is not going to be perfection. Right. And it, there's always going to be different intentions depending on what phase of life you're in. So like my nutrition, my intention behind my nutrition now is very, very different than it was a year ago when I was prepping for a photo shoot. Right. And it's going to be very different in a, just a couple of months from now when I move on to a different phase that I want to do. Um, so just like you were saying, I mean, it's OK to have that flexibility and it's OK for things to change. You just need to be consistent with yourself too and really have that big goal in mind that big dream in mind and that target in mind that you are reaching for and then so each step is just okay is this going to get me further or closer to that target if it's going to get you further why am i doing it what's the reason behind it right and it's getting away from doing what feels good in the moment to doing what's going to feel good in the future yeah absolutely so there is one aspect of this that I, I want to dive into because I see it a lot, and that is the guilt and shame that can come with looking inward. Um, a lot of when I work with clients on building confidence with their horse, uh, we do tend to get into a lot of this kind of stuff of like needing to work on ourselves as well right and and needing to control our own emotions when we're on our horse's back um, because I've dealt with a lot of people who have had their horse buck with them or have their horse dump them or bolt with them um, and when we get into those things almost every time we're talking about this clients really get down on themselves and oh I just I know it's me I know I'm just such a horrible rider and you just feel this huge burden of just guilt and they're just so ashamed of them not being good enough for their horse so um I guess my question for you would be how do you or how do you help your clients combat that type of guilt um and just destroying your self-confidence instead of looking inward in a positive way and in, in an empowering way. Um, so, yeah. I love this question. I think this is a <laughs> great question. 
Um, it was kind of a long-winded question, <laughs> but take it away. <laughs> you built the foundation very well. <laughs> no, I. you're right. There is a lot of guilt and shame sometimes with looking inward, but that's all a mindset thing, right? That's That's your mindset that you're working on. And so if you're feeling that way, that's just a a trigger for you to realize, oh, I need to work on my mindset here. Like my, I'm having an issue with this problem. So I'll give you an example. I just actually had a, had a call with a client, um, this week who's really been struggling. Part of, part of what we do in, with my program is I teach people how to track their food because that teaches them a lot about what's going in their body and it, and it really helps them, um, learn to be intuitive and learn to learn, um, learn ways about nutrition. Any hoozles. She's really been struggling with tracking and, you know, she'll, she'll have days where it's just like, oh, she'll track, but then she gets really mad for some reason and stops tracking and then she'll track and then she'll stop tracking. So we had a conversation and, you know, just went through and it's like, okay, like, I don't, I don't think it's about tracking. Like, I don't think tracking is the issue because when it comes down to it, tracking takes you two seconds. Like it really does. It takes you two seconds. It's not a big deal. So we went through kind of a, a process of really digging down and going, what is at the root of this, right? What's at the root of this frustration? And it came from just feeling feelings of guilt and shame around the foods that she was eating and had to track. Right. And once we got to the root of that, it was like, okay, we can work with that. We can work with this feeling. Right. And we can go through the mindset shifts that, that you need to go to around building this up. And it's going to be the same working with your horse. Like if you feel like, I can't believe I did this because I I do that all the time. Camry's been talking me up because I feel, feel bad about Sandy probably being younger than I thought she was. And I pushed her too hard when she was too young and there's a guilt and shame, but it's like, you know, what I do is like when I start to feel that way or start to feel kind of down on myself, cause I will talk to myself like, Oh my gosh, you are so dumb. Like you're not a horse trainer. You don't know what you're doing. And it's like, okay, stop myself on my tracks. Really? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Really? Like, is that true? I, I don't know what I'm doing. And if it is true, then okay, I'm going to call Camry or I'm going to call like somebody else who, who can help me out with this. Like there's always a solution to that, but most of the time it's not going to be a true thing, you know, like riding around and being like, oh my gosh, I did this to my horse. I, I shouldn't be riding. I'm such a horrible rider. It's like, are you really a horrible rider? Like, really? Like you're a horrible rider. Is that true? It's like, no, you're actually a pretty good rider, right? No, the problem was, is you just missed this little thing and now you know, right? And so what are you going to do about it? Next time it comes up, well, I'm going to notice it. I'm going to fix it, right? So it's just, it's teaching yourself how to reframe when those thoughts come up. And it just takes time, right? And it takes reps, just like anything. Like you can't go and lift 300 pounds without first lifting 50. It just takes some time to build up those repetitions of teaching yourself how to talk to yourself, if that makes sense. So yes, when I... When I look back, sometimes I do feel really dumb. Like I've been um, struggling with a pretty good tailbone and hip injury for the last, I don't know, eight months, nine months. And I do look back and go, oh my gosh, my body was telling me about two months before it was done that I needed to slow down and that I needed to 
pull back on my lifting and I needed to pull back on, on like my writing and what I was doing. But I was like, ah, nah, I'm strong. I've got this. Like, I'm a badass. I'm going to do this. So I kept pushing forward. And now I have not been able to progress in my lifting for nine months. I like, I have to be very mindful when I'm writing about where my body is. So I can support Sandy with our goals, you know, but 10 times more mindful than I would have to be or intentional than I'd have to be just nine months ago. Right. Because I didn't listen to my body. And so, yeah, I kick myself in the butt every time I think about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't I just listen to myself? Why didn't I listen to those signals that my body was giving me? But you know what? I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I'm taking ownership of the fact that I didn't, but you bet your bottom dollar, I'm going to be listening to those signals for the rest of my life. Like I, you know, I'm learning from that. I now know like, okay, that is what my body was telling me when it felt this way. And so now when it feels that way, like in my sessions now, it's like, okay, no, I'm pulling back. Like, this isn't worth it. I'm pulling back. I'm going to deload or I'm, or I'm just not going to push quite as far or hit my, the RIR targets that I have right now. And that's okay. Um, so just having, taking ownership one of like, yeah, you missed that signal. Okay. What are you going to do about it now? You know, and setting that intention going forward. Well, now when I notice my horse does this thing, I know what to do. Like, I'm going to do this now instead of what I was doing before. Yeah, I love that. I I have a lot of thoughts rolling around my brain right now. So let's see if I can get them out coherently. Um, I feel like confidence is lost when we treat experiences like a pass-fail experience. You either passed and you did well or you failed. Um. And when we can take away that pass-fail mentality, which I feel like can come a lot from perfectionism, right? That's if we pass, as if we're perfect. If we did the thing perfectly, we pass. If we didn't do it perfectly, fail. Um, and so when we take out that perfectionist mentality and that pass-fail mentality, and we simply look at the experience as, did I learn from it? Am I better today than I was yesterday? then it's not a failure, then you learn something from it. Um, and so I feel like that can help us get out of that guilt and that shame and that I'm so horrible. I failed, I failed, I failed and say, no, I learned, I learned, I grew, I became, I evolved. You know, there's so much more to it than just, I failed. So take that out of your vocabulary. And anytime you find yourself telling yourself that you failed, reframe it. What can you put in place of I failed? You know, there's, there's something that came from it. So find that. And then you will start feeling a little less guilty about your imperfections. So. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I really love, and the idea of like, you want to just be 1% better. You're just shooting for 1% better because you know what? If you shoot for 1% better each day, by the end of the year, you're going to be 365% better. Like how amazing that would be if you can just break it down little by little, a little becomes a lot. Break it down, yeah. take those small steps and just shoot for being 1% better each day. You got this, right? Yeah. <laughs> I really love um, this idea of extreme ownership. And I know we've talked quite a bit about that because that is my word for the year is taking extreme <laughs> ownership of things. And a lot of that is just taking that stock, right? Because 
I feel like when we, when we say, oh, I failed at that, I'm just going to quit. Like that is not taking ownership. That's making an excuse, right? That is not, that is not ownership. Ownership is saying, yeah, I screwed up. Here's what I'm going to do better because I've learned from this and I'm going to change. That is taking ownership. But just saying I failed and quitting, that's not taking ownership of anything. That's making an excuse and quitting, right? <laughs> um, and I feel like this comes up a lot because I, I handle a lot of people who come in and they've tried like dozens of different programs, right? And they've tried dozens of different things that just haven't worked for them. And it's just failed and it's failed and it's failed. And it can be really easy to look back and be like, oh my gosh, I wasted all my time and all my money and all these other things. But if you can really look at those and go, okay, was it really a waste? What did I learn about myself? Well, I learned one, that this doesn't work for me, right? Or that 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 doesn't work for me. But I also learned maybe this piece that I can take from that, right? There's always something to be learned from any situation. You can always learn something, so. Absolutely. Well, I am feeling like we've got it covered. Do you have anything else to add? No, I think, I think we have got it covered. <laughs> Just remember guys, like you got to start with you and be gentle with yourself when you do that. If you need help, Camry and I have got your backs. Just reach out anytime. We love to talk to people and help people through their journeys. So if you need Absolutely. help with your connection work, we got gotcha. you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Horsewoman Project. If you have a story to tell, please email us at thehorsewomanproject at gmail.com. Links to both of our websites, social pages, and emails will be added to the show notes, as well as any links that are mentioned or contact information for our guests. Talk to you next week.